Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we're excited to be back with you guys. Yeah. This one I have been actually really excited about for a couple weeks. So I'm really glad that we can do this. But before we get there, there has been a rage in social media lately. Yeah. Over a certain audio slash video, whatever you want to call it. Lately as in like today. Yeah. The past like two days. I I found it yesterday afternoon. Okay. But I got to ask you right now. Are you Laurel or are you Yanni? Um, I am Laurel, but like when I, I think Jonathan Alexander texted me about that. And so I told him like, I'm, I hear Laurel. I can totally see how people are hearing Yanni, Mm -hmm. but what's a Yanni? What is a Yanni? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. It's not a thing. So it's Laurel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually, I was pretty similar though. The first time all I heard was Laurel and I showed it to David at work and all he heard was Yanni. And then after a couple hours of us like going back and forth, we realized that Yanni is like at a higher pitch and the Laurel is like lower. And if you focus on the higher, the lower, you can kind of yeah. recognize the other. The weird thing is, though, I found, I found this article where this guy, like, lowered the pitch of the whole voice thing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 20% lower, 30% lower pitch, you can hear Yanni. Really? Like, straight through. When you raise the pitch, you hear Laurel. And I'm not just saying you're right, because everyone keeps saying Laurel's at the lower pitch and Yanni's at the higher pitch. So, I don't know how that works. But when you lower the pitch... And maybe it's because you're lowering the entire pitch, so the higher pitch becomes lower and it's becoming more clear. that would make sense. But at lower pitch, you hear, when you lower the pitch altogether, you hear Yanni. Interesting. And that's how I finally heard how people were hearing Yanni, like more, most clearly, because I could never hear the initial Y. I I just kept hearing Ani at the higher pitch. Yeah. I can't hear Yanni. Yeah, that's exactly where I was too. So if you guys haven't seen this yet or you don't know what we're talking about, literally just go on any social media type in laurel or yanni it's just y-a-n-n-y or something like that yeah it'll pop up i guarantee it it's probably the highest trending thing right now higher than any sports or anything else it so, is the new blue dress it's gold uh, dress debate that was gold dress white and gold all the way i could change with my eyes that's weird i never i never understood that phenomenon yeah that one was weird people said it was like lighting and but whatever so check it out let us know what you hear or if you figure out exactly what this audio thing is that is tripping with people's minds let us know what you think yeah because we like to hear from you guys 
and that's kind of interesting. But with that being said, Gordon, what media have you had this past week? I just finished, I kind of mentioned the book, but I've been mistitling the book the last few times I mentioned it, but Adam, God's Beloved, okay. um, is something I've been reading. It's by Henry Nowen, oh, um, nice. and it is phenomenal. I would recommend it, you know, five out of five stars. It's a very small book, like only like 100 pages, but it's phenomenal. He just follows the life of this disabled man, Adam, who's wheelchair bound, can't speak, can't move. And he just takes care of him. And just through taking care of him, he like Adam becomes his, his teacher and he, be, he grows more in his faith. And then he has to leave Adam eventually because he, he's become so vulnerable and seen his weaknesses that he needs to grow in that. And then Adam passes away and um, he's resurrected and talks about Adam's spirit through conversation. And it's just like the life of Jesus through this disabled man. Um, and it's great. It almost sounds like uh, the giver meets theology based off of that description. Yeah, I could, I could see what you're saying. A little bit, yeah, very like, vaguely. It's vaguely. It's more of just, he took care of this man, like, loved this man because he just saw Jesus in this guy. Mm. And then after his death was like, I need to share this story okay. of how he changed my life. Because the craziest, the craziest part was like Adam said nothing the entire time they grew in a relationship because he couldn't. So it was just like he showed him Jesus through his presence alone. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really cool. Yeah. It's it's crazy. The first two chapters were like super light, and that's when I kind of mentioned it. But chapter three and four and then onward, I, it's like got super deep really quick. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the last five, like chapter like eight or nine, you're like bawling. Wow. And I'm like, okay, now I'm sad. <laughs> Is it a long book? No, extremely no? short. Like you could finish it in a day. Okay. Like you could finish it in a yeah, day. Yeah, I, I might I be. finished it in two days, and that's saying a lot. Okay. I, I might be taking uh, taking that off your hands at some point. Yeah. Because that sounds really good. It is. What about, what have you been watching, reading? I also finished what we're about to talk about today, but we'll yes. get into that in a second. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I, actually, I went to Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. So Cody took me for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was really good. I... I was a little skeptical about things uh, and things being spoiled, but I thought it was, it yeah, was good. No, was actually I haven't been on points, but. since we recorded that one. And when we recorded that one, I hadn't seen it. That's so right. now having seen it, it is my favorite MCU movie yeah. of all time. I, I love that everyone comes together on it's this. It's so good. Yeah. So it's fun. That was awesome. I went back to a book that I had mentioned on air a while back but said that i didn't like called thin blade okay uh, that was i think that was even before you were on the show yeah but i what is that just didn't like it it's a free audio or not audio book uh kindle book that uh -huh. i found a while back and i just didn't like it fiction yeah it's fantasy fiction but i kind of read it when i'm really bored and i have my phone but i don't want to just like go on social media so i'll read and it's finally getting to the point where it's kind of interesting, like 300 pages into this book. Mm. So I've been, I've been crushing that a little bit. I also saw Shape of Water. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I got, my birthday was last week, and right. that was a gift I got because um, I just love movies in general. And yeah, super surprised. I didn't like ask for it, but I, uh, Lizzie 
got me Shape of Water, and we watched it, and it's very interesting. I I liked it. Okay. I need to watch it again because I know like every, what everyone's talking about, and they're like, well, it's like this weird relationship. Which funny thing, it's funny how people are like, it's weird for a man or a woman in this Aquian being to like fall in love, but no one questions like Star Lord and Gamora. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, but the one thing I that was interesting was the storyline moved really quickly. Like you would think most of the movie was them meeting each other and the story of them falling in love, but they kind of like, as they meet, they're immediately in love. And then that's just like a section and it moves on. Hmm. And so like that part caught me off guard. So it's a really quick paced movie, Mm -hmm. but beautifully like visual, like visually it's beautiful. The metaphors in the movie are beautiful. They keep referring to this creature as a God. And so like that parallel was really cool because even though it's almost like eh, he's not a god but if you kind of view it in that lens a little bit like just a little bit some of the things that happen you're like oh cool interesting maybe maybe that'll be a future i would like to yeah or other forms of media we'll yeah. see yeah, yeah yeah but yeah that's interesting because most of the reviews i've heard so far have not been too positive i know bishop right. baron had one that was kind of uh, yeah negative on that and then father mike just mentioned it in his la- latest homily also oh, in like a negative tone but he used it in his homily mm-hmm. so it's like usable it definitely seems like your kind of movie though it's like one of those thought-provoking movies with very good visual but it has a message yes that you have to think about a little bit so yeah it's I, also the same guy that made hellboy so yes which is why what is the character from hellboy that's really really smart the wa- the water dude yeah it's the it, same actor is it really? Uh-huh. I was going to say they seem like the same character. Yeah, I said the same thing, and I didn't realize it was the same actor. Unless he was like, yeah, it's the same guy. So we looked it up because I didn't believe her. And, uh, same guy. That would make he sense. He must be like some kind of actor that's really good at like being underwater and like being that kind. Of, I don't know. I don't know. But he rocked it in Hellboy. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is uh, good in this one, too. But let's go ahead and Jump in. get into our yeah. topic. So we're covering a whole season of a TV show. <laughs> yeah, something I finished over the weekend, which Clint finished in like two days, like two or three weeks ago. It was a little longer than two days, but I crushed it pretty fast. It was Sword Art Online, um, which I've mentioned having been watching in my current media podcast ago. I think Clint might have mentioned it last time we were, you were recorded. Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week. We kind of said that it would be coming up in the future. Yeah. So if you so, haven't seen it yet, you should really check it out. I don't think we're going to spoil anything too major today. Hopefully not. We'll no. see. We'll kind of see, but we'll try and keep it general for you guys. Yeah. But definitely check it out because if you're into anime, it's a good one. If you're not in anime, it's still a pretty cool show. I've never seen anime, but really besides like growing up with Pokemon, this is the first one and yeah. I f- f- like watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. It's pretty good. It's, it's really thought provoking. And if you're into the movie ready player one which came out we believe we're not positive on this but this came out before ready player one and it has a similar premise to the very beginning where they're kind of in this other world of inside of a video game right so that's kind of where it all starts out so we think that ready player one might have actually kind of borrowed some ideas from this show possibly yeah so. i mean it seems really similar and it's i think fairly older so i imagine it's at least inspiration yeah for sure so sort out online or sao which 
is probably how we'll refer to it throughout because it's just easier. But yeah. SAO, it's kind of like Clint just said, a virtual reality-based RPG is the idea of the show to where this character, I remember his in-game name, Kirito. Yeah, Kirito. Kirito, what's, he, what's his actual name? Uh, Katsuto. Katsuto, which I don't even know if they say in the beginning, but Katsuto, which once he kind of goes into the game, becomes Kirito. They, there's this new brand called Nerve Gear, Nerve, and they've created like this headgear which you plug on. It kind of looks like Speed Racer's helmet. Yeah. But like black, it says Nerve, and they plug in, and it's like whole immersive virtual reality, but like you're in it, it's real. And as soon as they, it's like the major spoilers come from like the first episode when like they set up the whole thing. Once they're in it, they check everything out and they kind of immediately realize the logout button was deleted mm-hmm. and the game master GM, however you want to say, brings everyone to the main town and announces like he's created this world literally just because he can and that instead of the logout, he's created another thing that if anyone tries to remove the helmet back in the real world a home off that you'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this premise now that they're living in this RPG that seems very, you know, shops, old school town type thing, but they have swords. So I guess like medieval, but anime. So like in like Japanese culture mm-hmm. and they have to survive. And the only way to, he says, I think the only way to get out of the game is to beat him. Yeah. He's they have at, to beat the game. They have to beat the game, which they have different bosses and once they figure out where the last boss is and how to beat it, they get out of the game. For people who are into video games, this is like my dream video game because you can do anything. Yeah. It's an open world. You have unlimited skills you can work on. If you don't want to fight and you want to just be like a fisherman, there's a character in the show who literally just fishes all day long. That's right. And so you Which can... reminds me so much of like Pokemon. Right. When you just meet like the people that are just chilling. Yeah. And you can do anything. Yeah. So you have like these warrior class that just really want to beat the game, protect everyone. But you also have the people who are just straight up chilling. Yeah. You have little kids that are like going to school. You, you have everything. Blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. Just people in like pubs. Or, it's yeah. Literally a real world, but not real, if that makes sense. Correct. And like you have, you have to, like any video game, become good at something. Mm-hmm. And like anything in the real world too. So like the fisherman had to enhance his fishing skill in the game to be a good fisherman and to catch good fish. Yeah. Um, this is like a small spoiler, but uh, Kirito can't cook. And one of the friends he makes in the game has like maxed out her cooking skill so she can cook like anything and everything. Mm-hmm. You just got to find the rare items in order to cook like the best food. Yeah. So it's like that. And I don't really play video games myself. I did like Pokemon. I do. I just tried to get into like the Zelda thing, but I've never really played any of that. My brother does though. And so like a lot of things that happen in this game where he would like pop up the menu and like enhance his features and add things on, which is enjoyable because I knew how they work. Right. And like seeing that as like a video game feature, but then in this next level of like once they're stuck, because the weird thing in, the show is like from episode one to like episode two, a lot of time passes. And then mm. from episode two to episode three, a lot of time passes. Yeah. They're in this game for years. Know, years. Yeah. Um, to where the point where like they move all the people that were playing the game into a hospital building. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a full hospital building just for, just these, for these players to keep them alive because they don't know what's going to happen. And so at, even though it's all video game based with this menu and stuff, enhancements, it becomes real life for them, it, sort of. They know it's not real, but... But you they know, forget sometimes. You they have to. legitimately forget. You, you can't blame them. I, I would, but yeah, they forget. Right. And that actually becomes a pretty big theme in the story is they sometimes can't remember what the quote-unquote real world is like anymore because what they're experiencing is so real. What they're feeling right now is so real to them. And so they forget that there's this other world which is more real. And actually, I think we can probably tie into that right there as one of our, our first themes. Yeah. Like we have, we have this world that we live in, in reality, right? Right. Called Earth. It's kind of a big deal. You should check it out. But a lot of the times we forget that there's something Greater. kind of beyond this, something that is more real in a way, right? So we have, we have heaven. We have this union with God, which is reality and being itself, and so that in itself is going to be more real, more full than what we're experiencing now. What was that book that Chris let you borrow? That's like Tolkien asked it has like Tolkien as a character in the book. Uh, he gave me two. One was for looking for the king and I am blanking on the other one. Right okay. Now. Well, I, I mean, besides the point, but you see, he sent a quote to me from that book once in like my, our prayer group. And it touches on like how I think Tolkien says this to C.S. Lewis or vice versa, Mm -hmm. that like great, like a great cup of coffee is like insight to this greater kingdom Mm -hmm. of heaven. And like the beauty outside is just a sliver of this insight to this greater thing. And he just compares like how like what we, what this world we're in now isn't it. But all the joys and all the things that make us happy and that we take find joys in is just is just like showing us like a little bit of like this is what it's like there, but not even. This is like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And that's what you just remind me of. Like this is just like a world and it is real. Mm-hmm. But we can't like get we can't like get confused and get stuck in the idea of like this is it. Right. Yeah, and the the other book that was uh Toward the Gleam, which was very, very good. But C.S. Lewis and, and Tolkien both talked about that quite a bit in their in their writings, especially some of their, I guess, letters more so than their actual novels and stuff. But they wrote a lot about that. So, yeah, just this idea that there's something beyond. And I think another big thing, just going off this bare level stuff that we've talked about so far, is the sense of adventure. Mm. You know, in video games, obviously you do it because you want to have this story you want to be someone else you want to have this adventure and i think a lot of the times we forget that we are a part of a pretty crazy story you know so we read the bible all the time and we think it's the story of jesus it is but it's also our story right you know we are a part of it and it doesn't just end in first century a.d when the author stopped writing because that word is alive that word is still acting in us and we are still part of that story. Yeah. No, I mean, that reminds me of Adam, the book I just read. Because, yeah. like, literally the chapters are called Adam's Hidden Life, which is, like, his when he's born and stuff because it's he's held secret, kind of like, named, and then Adam's desert, Adam's public life, Adam's death, Adam's passion, 
Adam's resurrection, Adam's spirit. And it, mm-hmm. like, those are the names of the titles of the chapters, but it's about Adam, but all the parallels of how his life is just like Jesus's. Right. And yeah. we, our stories parallel. And that's really the premise of the whole podcast that we do. Right. Is that the stories that, not just the stories that we desire and that we like, but the stories that we're living are all a part of this ultimate story, this ultimate reality that is God that we've been talking about. Right. Yeah. And that like Jesus was, became flesh because he was showing what was meant for us in Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. Like we were supposed to be that. And because we live in a broken world because of original sin, now we're not quite, but we still share the same story and we still strive for that. And so we're here in this world. That's not of like the greater kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's almost like SAO, but it's not, we're not stuck here, but yeah, it's funny that I was just listening to a podcast myself and they're talking about morality Mm -hmm. and how it was like, I forgot what he said, like a small definition. It was with with Matt Frad and the guy that he was interviewing said like small definition of morality gives you this, this and this. And Matt Frad got snarky. and was like, Oh, it's so funny how like when you live moral choices, those are the things that make you happy, joyful. And it's like, you're just saying like, it makes you happy. And when you don't live morally, you're not happy. And like those, like I'm saying the sliver of like this greater thing, but also I was thinking when you're saying that and the moral morality popped up, just the morality in this show. Mm-hmm. And that's another theme you see right away with Kirito mm-hmm. and with other players. Some other players that he meets are cool with killing. Yep. And Kirito actually says it like right off the bat to other people he plays with is like your actions in this game changes your soul. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. It changes like your soul. And almost when you leave this game, you don't know if you're the same person or not. Mm-hmm. And like that just reminds me of sin in general and like how with addictions or like certain levels of sin, it, and al- it alters your view of morality. Yeah. That's, that's a huge part of, I think the first like three episodes is just them realizing that the things that they're doing in this world are affecting who they become. You know, so we see Kirito talk about that throughout the entire series in the second episode, we are introduced to the character Asuna, who is the one you were talking about before with the cooking skill that was really high. Right. She becomes a really major character in the whole story too. And when Kirito and her are first talking, she says something along the lines of, I don't want to lose sight of who I am. I don't want to just rot away in like the beginner's village. I'd rather stay who I am to the last moment, even if a monster beats me and I die. But she wants to like stay who she is. She wants to preserve who she is. She doesn't want this opportunity to be someone else, destroy who she is. Right. You know, she wants to keep her morals to the last stand because she knows that we actually talked about this in other episodes uh i think we had one a while back on lord of the rings about don't lose yourself i think it was the t- title of that one yeah and about how when we sin we're missing the mark and it's actually pulling us away from who we are we're losing our identity as humans when we do those things i think we've actually touched on that theme three times now because we had lose yourself and then infinity war was also on like don't lose your soul through oh sin yeah and yeah. like staying firm even when it feels like the battle's lost Mm -hmm. so yeah it's easy to lose yourself even outside of sin but just in this broken world 
Yeah. Uh, we always have to like turn back to Christ in that. Speaking of asana, another theme you kind of see right away from the beginning and then like working into almost halfway through the season is this idea of you, you, we can't do, we can't live in this world alone. So Kirito immediately wants to be a solo player and he's known because there's like guilds and like teams that are forming within the game and he's known as like this solo player that's like the best. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know how you can take on these monsters by yourself. And all these guilds are wanting him to join mm-hmm. or inviting him and he keeps declining. And Asuna quickly kind of becomes like a love interest type thing and like really, really fast, like second or third episode. Yeah. And she's the first friend that he actually accepts because you sent friend requests and they accept or decline in mm-hmm. the game. And he's the first friend that he accepts. And as soon as he accepts, she's like, all right, I guess we're on a team now. And they become, they do these things together. And he thinks that she can't hold her own. And he wants to like protect her. But very quickly, the other cool part about this show is you see like how powerful and how strong Asuna is. She is just as strong. I mean, maybe not as strong as Kirito because he's insanely strong. But she can hold her own and yeah. fight in a battle mm-hmm. and knows how to play the game and has leveled up everything. And that's really cool. And the idea of like how female, female characters are portrayed in a lot of shows nowadays she you know breaks that mold as well yeah and i think something that's beautiful is that all happens kind of right after that conversation that i was just talking about where she says i don't want to lose myself so after she kind of she realizes that she can still be herself and still like win the game you know she doesn't have to sacrifice her morality or who she is to to be powerful yeah you know and actually in recognizing who she was she was able to embrace that and, and kind of and that, succeed. That's another level of teamwork too, in the sense of it's easier to not break your morality if we're working together mm-hmm. to keep what we don't want to break. Like, but also it's easier when we're tackling these bigger problems as a team, right? Rather than on our own, because sometimes when you're on your own, you'll get cornered into a corner, and the only way out is to break a rule that, like you, you didn't want to or said you wouldn't mm-hmm. and then it gets even bigger because um kirito and asana go to battle this huge boss eventually with a team of people that show up and they're all battling it together yeah everything goes wrong and the deaths in that which were almost everybody fall on the weight of kirito because you see really quickly that kirito hides his level and his strength in the game yeah, so he, he's the best player in the game but he doesn't let anyone know it he's, he doesn't he's he's, he's kind of humble yeah yeah and so because of that he feels guilty and his f- view of teamwork now changes from i'm more open to being on teams and i'll fight with teams with into i need to fight with these people because i owe them that i'm the strongest i can help them but also for the people that fought alongside me and i killed like this gives them retribution because another thing that I guess we didn't mention is if you die in the game, you also die in real life. Yeah. You have to beat the game or not die. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like an evolution of this teamwork too. Yeah. And I think kind of going along with that, one thing I noticed is he makes a ton of promises and most of them he does not keep. Do you notice that? So he meets a new character and he promises to protect them and then something happens or, 
uh, something that he promises kind of goes awry. Not every time he makes a promise, but a lot of the times he does. And I think that he's putting a lot of pressure on himself throughout the show. And that's kind of like what you were talking about. And then he realizes that, yes, he, he owes it to them to protect them. Uh. But he also realizes later on that he can't do it by himself either. He, yeah. even, he even admits at one of the boss fights, he can't do it by himself. So he needs to join with the other clans, the other groups to go take down the bosses. And yeah. he says that's why only for that battle, he joins everyone because he realizes that he can't do it by himself. And that's I, really similar to our spiritual life too. We, we can't, we can't win battles by ourselves. We have to have this group of friends, this community that can support us and protect us and call us out when so we're being so, weak. There's also that scene where he did fight the battle himself, but mm-hmm. only survived the battle because he had his sidekick healing him the whole time. Yeah. Um, but so another interesting thing is this is the first time me and Chris, I mean, me and Chris, this is the first time me and Clint are meeting to like kind of talk over the show together. Yeah. We've never talked about this until now. And so I want to like pick your brain about something you just said. Okay. Do you think he promises these things? Like he has good intentions and I think he promises from the heart, but do you think he's making all these promises without even like weighing whether you can hold them because it's almost like a promise with this feeling of vengeance of like, I promise you this because the game master can't win. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so like a lot of the things we see in how Kirito acts and how he protects people is through like pride and like anger towards this whole situation. Like I'm the strongest, I'm going to beat you. And I'm going to prove it. And I almost think he makes these deals like, I'm going to protect you or I can want to do this for you because I'm not, let, I'm not going to let him not, not, not let that happen. I, I think that is at first part of it at first. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then later on, as he develops these relationships and realizes the importance of his friends and community within the game, I think he starts to realize that he's making these promises because he legitimately cares about these people. And he doesn't want to see them lost. And I think we especially see that in Asuna. Yeah. Uh, and also in kind of their circle of, of friends that they, they gather together. And I think, again, that can probably be tied back to the way that we view relationships, too. You know, right. some, sometimes they're a little bit more on the, the shallow side. I just finished listening to a talk by Matthew Kelly mm-hmm. called The Seven Levels of Intimacy. I'm typically not a Matthew Kelly guy, but this talk was actually really, really helpful. And it helps you understand intimate relationships and so i think going off of that these lower levels of intimacy are kind of like they're just shallow they're almost a little bit more utilitarian but as we get deeper and we start to really become vulnerable with each other that's when we can get into this this deeper intimacy and we start to do things because we legitimately care about people because we care about their story and what happens to them and i think that's kind of the progression that we see throughout the first probably about halfway through is kind of where we really start seeing that so another really cool theme and you kind of talk about this with how like he's particular with the way he acts especially with um asana mm-hmm. is like i said asana is kind of a love interest they very quickly hash this out but it is this story of love and how him and asana treat love because this is an RPG game. It's really not shown a lot in like visuals, but in conversations, especially through the latter half of the season, 
like this idea of sexual attraction or like just hooking up in the mm-hmm. game and with characters, especially because it's not a real world. Mm-hmm. But that never happens. First, Kirito is like hesitant with for a relationship, but as soon as he's starts to admit to himself he's interested in one, you see this confusion with Asuna where he's in the room and she starts to like derobe and he tells her like I think you misunderstood like that's not like and she's not doing it because she thinks he wants it but she's doing it because she really likes him mm-hmm. and she's like like I'm going to show you and he's like no 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 like, that doesn't that's not what it takes I just want to be with you yeah and it's this idea of a relationship outside of like sexual attraction right that it's just two people being together mm-hmm. and then very quickly later on in the show you see that they kind of form a family they there's this lost player that they adopt almost as their daughter mm-hmm. and now one thing that i was reading on the show that was really cool was like their intentions change now everything they're doing is changed from self-preservation and like self like not that it's selfish but self-preservation into i have to protect me and my family yeah and, and so there's vocation of marriage and family right because they do get married in the game too. yeah and that's i think when we really start to see kirito's <laughs> mindset change from he still thought he was a solo player, even though he was interacting with the others, but he starts to see this as, I'm not here just for myself, I'm not here out of vengeance, but I'm here out of love for this family, this group of friends that I've created around myself, and I'm, I'm here to, to love and serve and protect them, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, so that was really cool. And I think that's also around the time, uh, this is just a, a quote that I had in my notes that I thought was really good, Asuna they're talking about losing every day that is lost in the game is a day lost in the real world. But Asuna says about Kirito, he's not losing a day in the real world. He's gaining a day here. And so I know at the beginning we talked about how we shouldn't lose sight that this isn't our ultimate reality. But on the other hand, this is where we are. You know, so I think also, I think it might have something to be said about we need to be appreciative of what we have in front of us and that this is what we have and we need to treasure that. And I think at this time in the show, they did a really good job of just enjoying the presence of the people around them and enjoying the beauty of the world that they see. This is when they, they go to a cabin and they're just enjoying enjoying nature. It's when there's an episode where they just lay down and take a nap in the sun yeah and that is like a vital changing moment in the entire show because they took a nap and just like sat in the beauty of each other's presence and and this world and just enjoyed it and i think that's also something to be said about us yes we need to keep in mind that this isn't our ultimate reality but at the same time we need to enjoy the presence of the people around us that we love enjoy the gift of this world that we're given and just take in that moment because it's it's a day that's been given to us it's also just a testament to rest and Mm -hmm. like that was one thing i really loved too that not particularly that episode where they slept just in the sun took a nap but the episode later when asana spoke into that when she was telling someone else like why she loved kirito and when she met him she was actually mad that he was like napping because he was one of the best players she was in a guild she's like we have to figure out how to win this game and he's like yeah, we should lay down and nap and we can figure out how to win this game. And she's like, how is that going to help? And he's like, well, this is the nicest the sun usually is. And this this part's really shady. And this grass, feel the grass. And she like lays down and immediately 
falls asleep. asleep. You can tell she needed to rest. Mm-hmm. And we have this rule in Adore to like rest well. And like it's not just because you need rest, but if you're not resting well, then you're actually hindering yourself, other people you interact with. If, you know, whatever your job is, you're hindering your full capability to do that mm-hmm. when you're not taking a day you know, two days every like two weeks or something to like just give it to yourself, take a nap in the sun, go for a walk and just chill out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was really well portrayed. Also just relationships, mm-hmm. which I think you kind of spoke into some on like the idea of they needed to figure out how to win this game. They were stuck. And they said we were they were in there for years, but that didn't change how Kirito would slow down when he met a new player to get to know them and mm-hmm. to just grow in relationship with that person. And like his journey should have been like, I need to go left down this path to go this way. And he run, meets a player and they're like, he's like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm going right to go do this. And he's like, all right, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And he changes course to get to know a character and then do this thing. And it goes back to like, this thing is like a level one situation. He's like level 60 Mm-hmm. And he's helping this person out. Yeah. And I think that's essentially the, the, the point. I think the episode I'm thinking about, he was supposed to be on like level 75 or 76 or something really ridiculous. And he comes back to like level 20 to help this little girl who she, her pet was in danger or something right. like that. And people were going around on that level. They were player killers. They were killing other players just for the fun of it and so he came back to help her with her pet but also to to kind of put these people in in their place and so we get kind of this idea of this humble this sacrificing character as well because he's putting aside his own desires to win the game to serve and to serve these lowly people at the beginning levels there's a point where he goes back to the very beginning village where they all started out just to help some kids too. So at no point does he ever say, well, that's not my job. I'm above that. He's the, the sacrificial leader, the, the servant leader, if you will. And he always comes back. Yeah. And it goes in this idea that, you know, it's hard to say because like all these Christian themes are without the show, but they're a little bit, you know, turned, they're not exactly direct, but it goes to say that he's almost like the Christ figure in the show as far as his courage goes. And everyone else, especially Asana, is like the ch- the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is Christ, but that's not enough if it isn't for the bridegroom. I mean, the bride. He's the bridegroom and the bride, which brings his full mission and everything he's doing fully alive and fully encircled. So like every everything he's doing and helping out these people only happens when he meets these people and they can enhance it through through the church. So that's what how I see the show as like this one guy and the church, Christ in the church. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really have like too much insight on the show. Yeah, I don't think we gave away any like major spoilers. So I think, I mean, hopefully you guys can listen to this and not not be worried about it. But yeah. 
there there is a lot more to the show. I think we only went about halfway through. We only went halfway the first season, so we never even touched the second half of the season. So it's almost like two <clears throat> show, like like season one, season two. It really is, but it's all one season. Yeah. So if if you want to hear more, feel free to reach out to us or go watch it yourself and let us know what you find because we would love to hear your your thoughts on the second part yeah there's so much to the show it's yeah. 25 episodes so i think we even like just scraped the surface yeah it'd I mean, be cool to we hear got more. to about 13 or 14 episodes yeah what we just talked about so just thinking for a challenge maybe yeah. you want to add something mm-hmm. i really think a challenge this week would be to recognize the beauty that's in front of us yes i think we've talked about that before especially in the the greatest showman episode but to also remember that there is a greater reality than what is is in front of us. So relax a little bit. And, and I think not to stress over the things in life that are bothering us, but rather to take that to prayer and take that to God who is this greater reality because that is where our final destination lies. When, when we win the game, so to speak, and as St. Paul would say, win the race right yeah run us so so to win when we win the game where do we go we go to this greater reality we go Mm -hmm. to we go to heaven Mm -hmm. just like in the game they go back to the real world so keep in mind that this is not the end of the race we have a long way to go and the things that we do in this world have consequences but we also have to remember that our god is merciful our god is loving and we have we have a long way to go in this yeah. race. And I would add actually a little bit to that challenge and like to yes, yeah, slow down and to not stress, but with your relationships this week, kind of like Kirito, kind of like in the book of Adam and maybe that's why, but just to be present. Mm, yeah. To be sure. more present and like intentional in that presence. One of the things they say in Adam when he kind of the word disability shifts for him and his mindset is like he's noticing all these disabled people in his house and he's like you know these two guys don't speak but i speak too much Mm -hmm. adam can't walk and she can't walk but i'm running around as if everything i'm doing is like the last possible thing i can do and he's realizing like even though his disabilities aren't visible they're no different and so like we are just as disabled as prescribed disabled person sure and to like recognize that and to realize like when when we're with someone and we're not giving them our full attention we're on our phone or just distracted and if you're distracted either bring to mind and just be honest and authentic with the person like did this is what's bothering me let's just talk about this or to be like all right i'm just ignore that i'm just gonna listen mm-hmm. like i said adam didn't speak and it changed a rich woman's life who was depressed it changed a monk's life who got to meet him and it changed this priest life um different like totally different spiritually involved people just just from this guy that was sitting still and like looking in them mm-hmm. so yeah be more present slow down and just take what you need to into, into prayer more this week yeah i think that's a really good challenge yeah going off of that i want to thank you guys for sending us challenges because we've gotten a couple in so the past many. couple weeks and I guess a couple months we've gotten quite a few more. Yeah. So I promise you we are working on them. This actually was, this show was recommended to us. Yeah, by, by Nick. By Nick Seckert. Shout out. So shout out to him. Thank you for doing that. 
please let us know if you want us to do something that you like. We have, we literally have a list of stuff that we're working on. So it might take a little bit, but we will get to it eventually because we love these challenges. So with that, do you have any shout outs? I don't think so. Okay. No. Cool. I actually, I want to give some shout outs yeah. to some new listeners then. So I got a shout out for Matthew Tibaletti, uh, Jenny Bayas. Sorry if I pronounced your names wrong. And then Cornelius Owens and uh, Megan Roberts. So thank you guys thank for you. listening for the first time or second time or whatever it is. But we appreciate everyone for listening because we love you guys. We do. We really do. We pray for you guys. So please pray for us. I think Steve said it once, but like this is nothing without you. Yeah. This goes nowhere. It's for nothing. Yeah. And so so we, we really appreciate you guys. We love hearing back from you, whether it's on social media, whether it's via email or in person. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you're thinking. We just like to hear from you. Ask us how our day's going. We'll ask you. You know, we just love to talk to you guys. So we appreciate all that. As we've been saying the past couple of weeks, we are still looking for some more art designs. Yeah. We have a few and we're just kind of seeing some more ideas and stuff. So if you have anything else, let us know because we really want to get some fun stuff for y'all to use with our logo on it. That so, would be dope. And I don't know if we want to announce this or not, but I don't see why not. We are also going to be starting to use a new form of media to reach you guys. Yes. So if you do not follow us on social media, then you probably don't know that every time I go on an adventure, which seems like quite a bit sometimes, I try to do kind of a reflection video for you guys for from wherever I'm coming from. Usually it's somewhere in the mountains because I like mountains. Or in the airport. Or in an airport. So we found out those videos actually get a reach lot of views. a lot of people. Yeah, people love them. So what we're thinking about doing and what we have already started doing is we now have a YouTube channel. So check us out on YouTube. It's The Christian Culture. And we plan to release videos on there as well. They're not going to be very long videos, maybe one to five minutes usually, but it it's kind of just short reflection videos. Sometimes it'll be on media. Sometimes it'll be on something in right. culture that we see. But we just want to reach you guys in a different way, and especially if podcasts aren't really your thing. Also, it, so you can see us. Yeah. You know? I think you guys have only ever seen me. Yeah. And, and most of you haven't seen any Ideally, we're working up to maybe like weekly having a video out that yeah. might be able to like actually check off in the summer Yeah, more. But yeah, so it is something I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. We're working on it. If you want to send us a video, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send your own reflection, we might even post it and like, oh. you can like, we'll put it on the channel. Like yeah. that's a great idea. Like That's super cool. Send us like a same, if you've seen the reflection, if you haven't, Facebook page, Facebook, Christ and Culture. Yeah. Check it out. But yeah, if you want to send your own reflection of like something going on in your life, your prayer, some media you saw that's like one to five minutes, we would share that and post it in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So keep that in mind. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. And thanks for joining us in the adventure, guys. Yeah, thank you guys.